The trucking industry is crazy right now and being a broker can be stressful. Managing your invoices, billing, collecting, carrier base, and cash flow can feel like an impossible task. But I can tell you, OTR Solutions has figured out the impossible. They eliminate cash flow problems for carrier payments and ensure margin funding in just 24 hours with broker invoice factoring. OTR Solutions takes care of billing and collection processes with your shippers. And with lightning quick and accurate invoicing, your customers will never need another broker to handle their freight needs. Kick back, relax, and let OTR take care of your brokerage. If you want to know more, and I hope you do, check them out at otrsolutions.com slash freight hyphen caviar to see what they can do for your business. Or give them a call. They love to talk to brokers at 770-882-0124. We've partnered with Ascend TMS, the world's most popular and top-rated transportation management system. It's the ultimate tool for all your freight needs. You can use our referral code RA-FreightCaviar! to receive three months of Ascend TMS for free. It only takes 20 seconds to sign up and no credit card is required. You can click the link below to learn more. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Freight Caviar Podcast. Today's guest is Ryan Rogers, the founder and CEO of TextLocate. Uh, Ryan, you've been one of the first sponsors of Freight Caviar. I still remember to this day uh, when you DM me on Instagram asking me if you could potentially sponsor some posts. And here we are almost two years later. Uh, that was at the beginning of Text Locate. That was, I think, August 2021. Uh, and so we we have a pretty extensive history. We've seen each other in San Diego, Orlando, Cleveland, uh, which was uh, just a surprise. We were at the same football game. Uh, I have a Text Locate Yeti here, uh, if everyone can see. Nice. I also have this iPhone holder uh, from Text Locate. So uh, we go far back. And and uh, Bob has had the opportunity of meeting you. We hung out in Chattanooga, so definitely looking forward to to talking to you, Ryan, about your journey. Uh, if you could just quickly introduce yourself, uh, introduce yourself to the audience, kind of tell us how you got into the transportation industry. Yeah. So, well, first, thanks for having me on, Paul. And yeah, it's um, great to to talk from that original conversation that we had over Instagram. It's funny how. How things work out, and um, so giving you my background, been in the industry twenty four years now. Um, how I got in freight was interesting. Um, yeah, I'm in Chattanooga, Tennessee, so we've got um, before Freight Alley was Freight Alley. You know, we had a, obviously a couple large trucking companies here, US Express and Covenant, and I ended up in a finance role at US Express. First job, fresh out of school, um, and it just kind of worked out. And the rest is kind of like many people's stories. You get hooked into freight and transportation and logistics, and um, I didn't know what I wouldn't know at the time is um, how interactive it was, how much more tech's involved in freight, um, all the, I guess, challenges and complications of problem solving. And um, it was really uh, interesting from my perspective to to get dialed in with that. And I like solving problems. And so I started in a finance role there at US Express and back office and uh, kind of grew throughout, you know, the ranks there over time, kind of uh, climbed the corporate ladder and um, it was a little bit of hodgepodge of any kind of back office operations and things like that, and then ended up getting tran- you know transition into um, a non asset business for the um, the family there with US Express, and it really excited me about technology and people uh, a lot different. And then I ended up um, managing their broker brokerage operation at US Express, and just I don't know, I guess um, got reeled in, you know, as they mm-hmm. say, and then. Uh, from there, spent some time with Amazon on the procurement side, and then spent some time at Covenant, um, you know, Covenant Logistics, um, managing some of their tech and then their brokerage as well. So 
um, M&A and activities like that. So I've just, uh, I don't know how it's worked out, but I've just been around freight and logistics and supply chain for, like I said, 24 years now. Yeah, that's yeah. remarkable. Uh, and I, I know like throughout those 24 years, uh, a lot has changed in Chattanooga. Can you just kind of let us tell, tell us how uh, overall Chattanooga has changed from being just like you said, US Express and Covenant to now, it seems like on every corner, there's a logistics company uh, and also a lot of freight tech going on too. Yeah, there's um, a tremendous amount of it in Chattanooga. I think from if you look back um, from that original kind of founding of those two large trucking companies, which kind of um, really sparked off of another company, Southwest Motor Freight, that the the uh, grandfather had started, and the dad, and and, and they kind of said, okay, hey, I want to start my own. So I think having that entrepreneurial spirit is what really has enabled um, Chattanooga from off of those two trucking companies have created you know, a um, other freight brokers and then those freight brokers have sold and things have changed and it sparked ideas and entrepreneurs to start their own. So now we do have, um, I don't have the exact count, but we have a lot of, um, you know, obviously a lot of text locate customers and a lot of freight brokers here um, in Chattanooga. Um, and then we do have like, um, like for example, Reliance is here as well on the insurance. So the diversification has occurred as well. And then, um, you know, some startups and other pieces that have started bringing some freight tech as well, because it is easier to, um, you know, start outside of Silicon Valley now more than ever over, obviously over the past 10 years, that trend has been occurring. So now you can kind of, um, with the tools that we have in the marketplace, you can live wherever you want to, as long as you have good access to internet and good capabilities uh, from that standpoint, you can build businesses uh, wherever you want to be. Yeah. And so Chattanooga has embraced that. To your point, the internet speeds are like the, the I think, the quickest uh, in the States or like the fastest internet. Yeah. In Chattanooga? I know. Yeah. yeah, in Chattanooga. Oh. So we were originally called Gig City. We rolled out our electric power board, um, actually, um, you know, was innovative and took a leap of faith with some some particular like government funding and things like that, that there was some opportunity to capitalize there with um, investment in some older technology and introduced it with fiber optics. Um, so, yeah, we have great Internet speed. Now, most of the country is obviously caught up to that, but um, we have quick Internet activity, which makes it good. And we're also kind of a mid-sized city that, you know, things are fairly reasonable. Um, housing market obviously is much more expensive here than it has been over the past several years like it is everywhere else. But, you know, yeah. it's, a, it's reasonable to um, from a price perspective to, to start a business here. And you also um, you can find good, hardworking people. And now with some freight brokers, I think what's happened is since they got to certain sizes, it's created more talent. And with that, more talent has allowed some other people uh, to come to Chattanooga and start some freight brokerages because they're like, hey, there's a good talent pool here like there is in many of the other cities in the U.S. But that's been attractive um, for Chattanooga. Definitely. And uh, Bob and I visited chattanooga back back in march i think bob was kind of surprised by like i mean i was surprised too just because we visited so many companies uh bob what were, what were your thoughts when we visited chattanooga I, I honestly did not expect that there's going to be that much you know freight brokerage and freight stuff going on in chattanooga because i mean we I, I talked about this my sister lives in cleveland tennessee and i visited uh you know it's cleveland is like 15 20 minutes away from chattanooga and i went to chattanooga before but i never thought that there's that much trucking stuff going on in Chattanooga. Yeah. So it, it was it was really cool to see that. And it was 
Ryan, thanks for taking us because that was yeah. like completely different for me, you know, because usually I'm just in the truck or I know the the driver side of it or the trans um the carrier side of it because that that's all I know. I've never been to the broker side side of things, so it was definitely really really cool to see. Um, it was. I had a it question. was fun. So, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, and it was only, and you didn't really see too much, um, but it was at least a scratch the surface with. There's a lot of other companies out there, but I think also, um, I think what Craig's done at Freight Waves has been great for our industry. I mean, it's brought a lot of attention for the industry, and additionally, obviously Chattanooga. You know, it's it's brought a lot of people, and then I think exposure. You know, with Freight Waves here back in November, it'll be yeah. here again this November. That's been really good for people yeah. to. You know, I, we get a lot of good compliments on the on the city. Definitely. So, yeah. should, so freight, go back. freight waves, freight or, waves does a thing every year where people come there, or how does that work? Yeah. So they did um, the first year. They were looking at it during kind of COVID time, and um, it was uh-huh. a little challenging there. But um, and what they had scheduled. But the first um, big F three was here um, back in November in Chattanooga, and so they're going to repeat that and be back here in Chattanooga, and hopefully. I think they'll stay here with that November timeframe each year mm-hmm. in Chattanooga. So um, the turnout was really good. The response rates from what I heard have been really good. So yeah, that's, that's their big conference. Paul, yeah. are we going to the next one? We'll, we'll have to go there to in November and yeah. we could do a part two of the city. Um, since, yeah. since Ryan's saying that we haven't, we, when we scratch the surface, we have to keep, keep going and scratching more of the surface <laughs> yeah so ryan so you you mentioned basically i kept hearing like basically the tech 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 you know and, and freight have you noticed in the last 24 years like certain years or certain um, moments where tech has become a huge thing in the trucking industry because for me it seems like it became a huge thing a couple of years ago or was it always like something new something evolving in the freight industry no, I feel like, um, and you know, I don't know date-wise to get this exactly right, but over the past, let's call it five or six years, I think there's been more interest in it and more awareness um, with that as far as um, accelerating those investments. And that's what I feel like. I don't, it's it's hard to get the exact date, but um, there was innovation. You know, it, it's a, it's obviously a big market. There's a lot of challenges, a lot of opportunities and growth. Yeah. But I feel like it was um, this pace of innovation was slower. And then, yeah, I would say over the past, let's call it seven, five to seven years, it feels like it has definitely um, accelerated. And maybe it's like eight or nine years, something like that. But it's definitely um, people are attracting more interest to it. And it may be just that, you know, as the supply change, supply, you know, channels change, the models change, um, you know, things with like influences from, Amazon and the speed of delivery and warehousing and growth and population, all those kind of things, I think started that and it piqued a lot of interest for others to, um, and, and tools. I mean, you know, SaaS based yeah. products coming to market, uh, cloud environments um, with the launch to that, um, more and more aggressive has allowed the flexibility to build those things. Yeah. yeah, I feel like there's, from my side, I feel like maybe I'm just getting into it, but there's been like a boom in the whole freight tech industry. I wonder, I mean, what are your thoughts? Do you think we're already kind of at the peak of it or there's still a lot of growth for people to get in into the tech section of the freight industry? I think given our size, there's a, still a lot of growth. Um, there's people coming up with new ideas all the time that um, I talk to or bump into. And um, I think given the size, given the fact that we're very decentralized kind of 
market, I, I think there's tremendous opportunity to continue to grow uh, with new ideas. I think it's important to come up with fresh new ideas um, mm-hmm. than necessarily try to um, follow along with some things because I do think, you know, the market's excised and adoption. It takes time to adopt new ideas in our industry. So, um, yeah. but those new brainstorms, I think are great. I think it's good to to see that um, and see what's what's changed. Um, and I also think you, we have seen a few of um, the smaller like startups that are, you know, kind of looking at some of the bigger ideas that have been out there or the bigger companies and said, hey, let's take a fresh approach to that a little bit different. Um, so that's been good too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually, I want to touch on the topic of uh, US Express and Covenant. Uh, you didn't mention, uh, Ryan, that before uh, the grandfather, because this this all traces back from the Fuller family. Uh, and just that, uh, so Craig Fuller is the founder of Freight Waves. And then his father was, if I'm not mistaken, the founder of US Express. Or his grandfather. Is, okay, so his father. Yeah, his father. And then his yep. uncle was the founder of Covenant Logistics. Yeah. That's correct. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then and then their grandfather started, you said Southwest Motor, was it? Uh, yeah, he originally got into, um, I should know the name, um, but it, a company off the West Coast that he originally started with Teams. And then he ended up um, starting Southwest Motor Freight. The grandfather okay. did. And when he sold, um, he looked at selling the business, he had built an owner-operator network for um, both Max Fuller and uh, David Parker. And so they decided to, um, as that transition occurred, like many businesses, when they go through a sale or something happens, um, they decided to go take those owner-operators and kind of found their own trucking companies. And again, two of the largest right here in Chattanooga, and they're kind of on opposite sides of town. And yeah. Um, you know, two two really good companies. Yeah, and you you oh, were you had the opportunity to work at both. You started at US Express, and then you I were did. eventually yeah. at Covenant, uh, which is just is also interesting. Uh, but you also worked on the M and A side, which is mergers and acquisitions at Covenant. And Covenant, being a publicly traded company, they buy a lot. I'm guessing they they buy a lot of companies. I just saw a month ago they purchased a trucking company uh, that specialized. I forgot what they specialized in, but I think it might have been poultry. That's what they specialize in shipping. Uh, so they probably had their own customers. How was the merger and acquisition side of Covenant? What did you learn from there? Because you also have a finance background, right? And how did that prepare you for like starting your own freight tech company? What did you learn from that? Yeah, I think um, a couple of things that I really like the M and A side because if you can, you know, if you can find things that are complementary offering to what you have, I think makes um, makes a ton of sense and it's very um, effective and creative for the business. We ended up buying a company that um, at Covenant they were wanting to get more diversification out of just transactional transportation and trucking um, and get, let's say, closer to the customer. So we bought a company that had more um it really had more like warehousing space so for them that was a very nice uh complimentary offering that expand their diversification so um some people you know look for products like that some look for just how do i get uh bigger with my customer base so i think both of those ways work but i would say um my entire journey you know from when i started is what helped me to um you know take the consideration to start text locate and to feel like I was prepared to do it. Um, I obviously did this at a 
typically at like a much later stage of life than most people do. I'm doing it, you know, I had a startup at age 45, which is um, quite different than most, but I just, I had helped um, build businesses um, underneath those platforms between US Express and Covenant. And I felt like I had the skills and I found a niche for a, um, a want and a need in the market. But I think as far as like what prepares you for it, I mean, nothing fully prepares you for the risk. You just have to kind of jump out there. But as far as um, preparing you for how to build it and things like that, like as far as understanding the workflow and the needs and what the market you know, suggests is um, learning from those other businesses, obviously being curious in the market, working with other partners and seeing um, their opportunity for those ideas. And then being disciplined, uh, you know, we're a bootstrap company. We started, um, you know, fresh out, self-funded, um, started the business day one with an MVP um, product, and we've grown from there. But um, it really comes back to, you know, you know, you, we talked about it earlier, the grit, the hustle, the determination, um, finding a good market fit for the, the actual product, and then, um, you know, working hard, working smart, and working long hours. Yeah. Takes all three. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's I mean, look at y'all's businesses. Y'all do the same thing all the time. So, mm -hmm. yeah, definitely with the business, you got to you got to have the kind of hustle mentality and just keep showing up every single day. Keep showing up no matter if you feel good, if you feel bad, you just got to show up and get it done. And, you know, eventually I think it, it will pay off. So that's what I noticed on my side. I don't know. And obviously but, those bad days are the harder ones to show up. You know, but yeah, uh, yeah, but you, yeah, you got to do it every day um, and continue because I mean, the reality is, and look at all the people that have built successful businesses. Rarely do you see one that just had instant success. I mean, if you go back and Paul, you you talk about a lot of the origin stories for people. It's it's hard work, it's determination, um, you know, grit, hustle, and working long long hours and pouring time into it. Um, it it takes a lot. Even the most successful businesses out there, you go, oh well, that was easy. No, it wasn't. Yeah. You don't remember. You don't remember the good old days. There, there's um, a, you know, yeah, there's a quote that somebody said. My overnight success, it took me like ten years to build or whatever. People just exactly. don't see it. You know, they see the overnight success, they yeah. think, oh, this is a successful company. It was easy for him, but they don't see all the the time you put into it, all the hustle that you put into it. So. That's for sure. Well, in in a lot of startups, I mean, it doesn't go like this. It it you know, it may be a hockey stick. You have to put forth years and years and years and years of that, and then it starts taking off, um, and ha having exponential growth at that point in time. Yeah, and uh, but to your point, uh, to that point, I do have to say that you did take off very quickly with TextLocate because you you launched Ryan in August of 2021. I'm not sure. Maybe it was the Instagram promotions on TextLocate on, on Instagram. It, it, it was. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but overall, you, you did a remarkable job and you got the traction. You go on LinkedIn, you, you go on Instagram, you, you see text. There's a lot of TextLocate marketing. And then what I, what I noticed is that at conferences, you're laser focused on meeting as many people, talking and getting, getting, I, I, I remember uh, when a client took out their credit card and purchased it at TIA in San Diego back in 2022. <laughs> so yeah, the, you, you definitely have that personality, Ryan, where you're, you're uh, able to get customers, which is like some, sometimes people are afraid of, you know, talking to people, you're, you're a go-getter. But to that point, could you kind of tell us about like the sales process of selling TextLocate? 
And because like in my mind, you've been very successful with the getting customers to use it. Can you give some feedback or not even feedback, some advice to people that also would want to grow their business? Yeah, I think, again, it's that determination you have to. I mean, when you're at a conference like that, um, well, first of all, I would say no matter what you're doing, you need to be genuine and thoughtful um, around how you like sales and transactions, um, not just now, but but with software and things. But a lot of it takes long term. So you don't like, for example, we've won customers that I've been working on for 18 months and, you know, just win them. It takes, you just never know when the sales cycle it may work. So you always want to be intentional, help others and and be direct and straightforward. But when you're at a conference or you're, you know, there's just an opportunity to meet a lot of people. I mean, just say, you know, I encourage my team, just say hello, talk to somebody in an elevator. Um, I know it can be draining. I know you're tired, you know, you can be exhausted from this, but um, just make sure you're, you know, you're saying hello, you're bringing awareness, um, you know, listen to what their um, needs are and then share with them ideas that you have that can help them um, work through that. So it's, um, there's no, I don't think super scientific way to do it. It's just a matter of um, being persistent, um, being consistent with touch points with people and, you know, being genuine about it and, um, and engaging with them. But it's tough. I mean, it gets to be, um, you know, if, if it, nobody makes it, I mean, it may look easier and most things look easier than they really are, um, yeah. but it takes, it takes work. Um, it really does. And it, you know, when you're like, Hey, can I just, should I just talk to one more person that can make the difference? It's no different than, you know, in anybody's business. Should I make that one more phone call? Yes. Make the one more phone call, like put forth the effort, even if you've gotten like 10 no's in a row make the one or two more, whether it's a phone call, you know, we've got so many different tools now, uh, you know, between LinkedIn and email and, you know, obviously social Instagram media. with marketing, yeah. social media has been excellent. Like, and, and you'll see like our posts are usually, you know, we may have a little fun in there, but we're, we're truly talking about features that our product offers that um, hopefully fit your needs and, and make things easier. Um, so again, try to, I would touch on the ones that make sense for you and your customers. Definitely. And uh, when you said the 18 month sales cycle, you never know. I've had that a few times too, where it's six, seven months, eight months. And then all of a sudden you get an email like, Oh, could we sponsor some posts? And like, yeah. And it's like send an invoice. So it's, it's been definitely, uh, it's been, it's, it's really been cool. true. Yeah. And it's been cool for me. Cause you, I think Ryan, you're like the first, person that made me realize that this could be a business and this month has been remarkable like i i had i have i have too many customers right now where i'm actually hiring i need to hire people just to do like account management because it's, an, it's awesome it'll be out of hand real soon so and so you yeah, were yeah. I remember talking about that back yeah. in the day yeah and i remember like you you offered to, to pay for the posts the stories and i'm like Ryan, could you just, could you like be a mentor to, for me to like help me, like kind of guide me? And uh, you helped me realize like there's, there's a business here. People want this. Uh, like, yeah, get people to sponsor it, uh, companies. And so I'm very grateful for that, uh, Ryan. That's uh, been tremendous for me. It's, I mean, I've been, yeah, I'm glad it worked out really well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's awesome. It's good to see so, that success. Yeah. Ryan, uh, what, what kind of challenges? It. What <laughs> kind of challenges have you had, like getting into this space, though? Like, uh, were there some certain challenges that you had to overcome to uh, to get out there and, uh, you know, to to make it happen? 
Yeah, I think you're always going to experience uh, some sort of challenge. I mean, you know, preconceived notion of what the product does versus what it actually does, um, you know, is is a lot of where you see those challenges. Having time, like getting people's time to give you a few minutes, um, you know, yeah. with that pitch is, is again, where it can be complicated because, I mean, it's not like freight brokers don't have anything to do. I mean, yeah. freight brokers are extremely busy. They're um, constantly uh, being bombarded, whether it's from the customer side or the carrier side, as far as activity. Um, sometimes that's good. Sometimes it's bad or problem solving. So trying to get on their schedule can be a really um, a tough challenge. And so, again, that's that's where I would go back to the, you know, being persistent, following up, finding the time that makes sense with them, um, whenever it's, it's convenient, that can give you exposure. And then uh, making sure that you've got your, you know, you've got your your um, touch points and your features and your points you want to get across um, pretty concise so that if you have a short period of time, can you at least get your point across so that you can follow up with, in our case, it's a product demo. Um, in other cases, it may be having a call with a customer selling them why to use XYZ, you know, carrier or broker, you know, do whatever you have to, to, um, to make sure you have that, you know, organized in the line. Is it easier to deal with smaller uh, I guess companies, or is it easier to go to bigger companies and deal with them? Like, what 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 would be your ideal, I guess, target customer? Um, for us, we have um, we have both the dashboard and the API, so we have flexibility to work, um, you know, from with either larger customers or, or smaller ones. But as far as ease to entry, um, it just depends. There's not really a rule of thumb that I have found um, that really works because some of the larger companies they have a lot of projects going on. So they can't implement things uh, quite as quickly. So you kind of have to get in line, uh, which is mm -hmm. understandable. And you work with, you know, partnership or st strategy people, uh, which is great. And then some of the smaller ones you may struggle with, they may not have the capacity. There may just be like two people or three or four, and they're just covered up until you can find that right time so that you can say, hey, this product is easier because um, user adoption is the toughest part. Um, we've, We've, um, you know, proven pretty well that our, our product makes sense and works, but trying to get um, people to actively use pro new products, it, it's a transition. All of us, I mean, we have it our is. habits and we have our norms and mm -hmm. uh, trying to think about using something in a different way. It takes time to learn. You have a learning curve up front and trying it different in the discipline. So um, yeah. that's where I really like um, one of the books I really like is Atomic Habits. Because it mm -hmm. talks about that, like how do you change your behavior? How do you yeah. give things a chance? And That's then how do one. you uh, create, you know, a positive and negative resistance based on what you're expecting from your outcome? It's super. What we were talking about is implementing, you know, something new, like a new uh, software or a new strategy. And, and Ryan, you were talking about how, uh, you know, it's hard to get somebody to adapt to anything. And I've noticed that from our side, too. We're trying out like new new TMS or like trying to send even like these emails, like, you know, we tried Paul, you know, uh, lost freight. I've been trying to do that and trying to stay yeah. consistent with every day. It's, it's so hard to, to now, implement it every single day. Yeah. And now you got to start using shippercrm.com, Bob. So I don't know. You're going to have to get rid of that. All yeah. The, all yeah. Bob. Come on. <laughs> well, and then another thing I know we it's implemented a lot. <laughs> now, another thing we implemented now for our drivers is basically each day or each morning, they have to send us like a daily pre-trip where they have to fill out an actual form and like sign it and take a picture mm -hmm. of the truck in the trailer. That way I know, like, cause we're trying to get our safety score up and trying to make it like as, as clean and as legit as possible. So I've noticed like 
we're trying to implement this new thing, but you have to just stay consistent and on top of, you know, the drivers and on top of everything. Like, hey, keep doing oh, this. Yeah. Hey, keep trying it. Keep explaining it, you know? So, yeah. When do you get those it, pictures, Bob? You could be using Text Locate. I at least got to try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could be texting you back so everybody sees those pictures. So, That's yeah, true. Actually, to, to that point, uh, Ryan, uh, could you talk about the new features in Text Locate? Because those didn't exist back in the day. What are those text features of, with photos? Yeah, so um, we have a couple. The you know originally we started with the location services, and then we rolled into the two way chat. Um, we now have image capture as well, so you can easily share whether you know whatever image you want, whether that be documents or um, to Bob point, Bob's point, you know, it could be safety, it could be fraud things, um, you know, pictures of seals, whatever you you want. We have total flexibility with, and then we've also rolled out uh, WhatsApp connection as well. So when you think of like. Mexico, um, cross-border, the interactions, um, the same as text locate via WhatsApp. And then we've also rolled out some status updates so you can easily, your driver can respond back with, you know, at pickup, in transit, delivered, things like that. So just trying to, nice. you know, s- make it simplified. Bob, it seems like driver. you need text locate. It seems like Bob needs yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> it seems like Bob it. Does. Bob really yeah. needs it. <laughs> I, uh, I, honestly, we need some kind of good like a in-house TMS software where it could be everything all in once where we plug in the loads, it sends it to the driver, but before the driver gets it, you know, he's got to do his PTI. There's a lot that goes into it that I didn't even like realize yeah. before. You know, it's after three years of actually like running the business, I realized there's opportunity or there's things that could be improved by a lot, you know? Of course. So, yeah. It's a lot, people don't realize there's a lot more, processes and procedures for drivers and for large trucking companies or any trucking company than people really originally expected or thought. Yeah. You know, oh, 100%. The life of a truck driver, it's a tough it's a tough job. It's a tough lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And I mean, I covered at US Express there's thousands of trucks uh and I I know we talked about this when we had dinner in Chattanooga uh but I kind of want to touch on it again like from your point of view like Right now, with Bob having a trucking company, like let's just say you own that trucking company, Ryan, what would you be doing uh, in order to like maximize, uh, I guess, the, the potential of the company? Yeah, so I would, you know, if I was in Bob's shoes, I would do what he's doing, what he's talking about, and just try to simplify processes as much as possible. Make sure that you're actively looking at it, like when that, you know, the delivery times and when the trucks arriving and departing. Where are you? filling as much freight as possible and then look at what not all freight's the same. So it could be less expensive, you know, the rate per mile, but it gets you back to where you need for another customer. So make sure you're looking at your mileage, reducing your deadhead, you know, all those things that, you know, you should, you know, disciplines of keeping your costs in line and making sure you're compensating the driver correctly and um, you yeah. know, really driving those revenue miles and revenue dollars uh, per tractor per week. Um, they can make, you know, obviously the company successful, but you want to make sure you're making the driver successful in your operations team as well. And uh, I remember you did say, uh, Ryan, that you think that Bob should focus on the focus on having a brokerage and the truck using the trucking company as like the assets to get customers. Like, I think you do. I think you could do both. Um, we see some, you know, I talked to a lot of customers that have both an asset based and a brokerage. Um, so it's definitely one that you could um, set up and have both work each other. You know what I mean? So that you get yeah. where you can deliver more for your customers, um, 
you know, and be, you know, have a stickier relationship with them where you're like, hey, instead of two loads today, I can take three. And you can outsource those to brokerage and, you know, do that with a qualified carrier that gets you good results. And then vice versa, if brokerage brings in more loads with the customer and they can, and you on the asset can handle it, um, having yeah. a blend, blended mix is a really good opportunity. I was actually talking to, uh, I think it was Lauren from TIA when I met her from Softland. And they were saying, because they're a brokerage base and a um, a carrier, you know, they got yep. a carrier. And it's what's really good about it is when when the time like when the time is tough like right now for the carriers, well, they have their brokerage that's kind of keeping them, you know, going. And then when it flips, well, they could offer their customer like, hey, I have three hundred trucks or whatever it is, yeah. or I have this many trucks. So it's a it's a really good thing to have. But I noticed a lot of brokers don't want you, don't want you to have like a a broker side to it, you know, especially right now worried. if you're working. The worry that you might take their customer info or something like that and backsplice yeah, at them—that's yes. what they're worried about. Uh, yeah. But yeah, which which you shouldn't do. But there's a lot of customers out there. If you've already got direct relationships, then there's a lot of customer potential out there to that you know. So false point. Bob, CRM. Yeah. Got opportunity to find there. Uh, thanks for the shout out, Ryan, for that. But uh, we were at Bob's uh, location um, back in March, and he's surrounded by shippers. They're just like. That location, yeah. we, we visited five shippers in, in, oh, in within an hour, and we got like five phone numbers. So yeah, there's definitely uh, potential there, and even just working directly for your trucking company, so you don't don't have to like rely as much on brokers as possible. I just um, got to get out there and get it done, or hire somebody to do it because, like we kind of talked about, there's so much that goes into just even running a trucking company, you know. And I don't want to yeah. get scattered all around and do a little bit of things here and there and just not doing like the things that need to be done, you know, cause you can totally. be kind of all over the place and then nothing kind of gets done. So I want to kind of focus, get something really good set up. And once I have that set up, then, then move on to something different. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Or Definitely. add on something different, not, not move on, but I guess add on and like, just keep growing that way. Right. Yeah. I believe I, I believe in the like build a good strong foundation, you know, because if you build it good, then you won't have it all fall apart. Because if you just do a bunch of little pebbles here and there, then eventually it'll just all fall apart. If you're yeah. chasing I feel like too many things at once, you got to specialize in something. That's the most. Yeah. That's the best thing. Well, you and, should... and most people will say, you know, if you're building something, you know, stay very focused in what you're doing and you know what you're good at. So, um, yeah, that's a that's a great way to look at it discipline with it yeah 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 trying to improve as much and as much things as possible make it as, as safe as possible and like you said make it the most i guess not easiest but like most convenient for the drivers you know and and for everybody around us because i think that will help out a lot absolutely yeah so ryan uh to, to start wrapping up here a little bit uh, I'm wondering if you could kind of tell us what your vision for TechStocate is. What what are your goals uh, for this year and moving forward? Uh, and what what would you tell someone that that wants to be an entrepreneur in this industry? Uh, what they should be prepared for? Yeah, so I think from a, first from a TechStocate perspective, you know, we're going to you know our objective is to continue to innovate and see where there's opportunities to use you know obviously text based messaging. Um, to be as effective as possible for drivers on the road. We appeal, you know, I always say we appeal to the EQ side of drivers, like where do we make it easy? How do we complement other products in the market that can help 
You know, that's um, that's a big thing that we've always started the business on is how can we help others be successful too? Um, so that's really our our vision and where we want to drive the business. Um, as far as like a startup from, you know, if you want to get into the industry, I would just, um, you know, research the industry a lot. There's a lot of avenues out there with content and media where you can learn more about the business. Um, ask people, make phone calls, um, you know, pick up the phone and call people for advice and think about, you know, exploring those ideas. Um, but the other thing is, is sometimes you just got to jump in and you got to go for it and start building and growing the business. And whether that's an asset based or a brokerage based or whether that's technology or what piece of technology, um, you got to kind of just jump in, you know, and live in it every day. Um, and make sure it's something you, you know, really are excited about the industry and about the product that you're offering. Yeah. And even if you're not, if you're burnt out, just keep showing up and keep getting it done. <laughs> keep showing up. <laughs> but you, need to, you need to take a vacation. So uh, it does yeah. help. We'll take a few days off or take a week off or go go to the lake, go to the beach, go to the mountains, whatever you enjoy. But um, get recharged a little bit, too. Don't forget. That's um, so, yeah. obviously we, extremely important. We had a podcast with Ramel from Truck and Hustle like three weeks ago. And like oh, the yeah. day afterwards, like Bob started running. And what day are you on right now, Bob? How many days of running? Uh, 22. Day 22. 20. I've been waking nice. up at 5 o'clock in the morning and running. Yeah. So congrats. Um, it's, on a roll. But now I feel like I'm past my motivation. I'm past my everything. Now it's just like just, just showing up and getting it done. Because I'm so <laughs> I'm yeah. so past that. Like I, I don't even like care anymore. Now it's just like literally show up and get it done. Yeah, that's a, you know, it's a big key factor in it is just the small things. You know, you read these, um, you know, different books and different things, perspectives out there is, hey, just line up your day before, you know, be organized the day before, you know, you talk about running, you know, just put your put your running shoes out, you know, set them yeah. there in the bedroom to remind you, hey, I'm going to get up in the morning. You know, if you can get those running shoes on your feet, the odds of you going out increase much, oh, much yeah. further. So oh, it's yeah. little things that you can impact. A hundred percent. Cause then once I'm out already and I'm already like kind of jogging, I'm like, okay, this wasn't as bad. It's like the hardest part is just literally getting up in the, the morning. hardest part is starting and yeah. Done. yeah. But like, Paul, you asked, yeah, you yeah. asked the question. I, I would kind of want to add something where people can learn about freight industry. Watch this podcast. You will <laughs> learn a lot. You know, the people that we interview, the people that we talk to, I mean, I've learned so much myself. So I feel like that's a huge, especially right now, kind of like Ryan said, there's so much information out there where you could learn and research about yeah. whatever you want to do. Like, think about how many people we already recorded with, you know, that are completely different parts of the trucking industry that I've never even realized existed. You know, sure. I really myself, I didn't even know existed. Like now that we interviewed so many people, I'm realizing how big this industry is. And there's so much different opportunity in it. It's insane. Yeah. Totally. And uh, to the point of being uh, just putting your shoes on and start running, like the hardest part about being an entrepreneur is usually just quitting your job. Cause it's like, once you're in, once you quit your job, yeah. then you have no other choice. You just go, go in. Yeah. And yep. uh, then you learn exactly. a lot about yourself. Like I've learned, I've learned so much about myself just being an entrepreneur. And I know my, I know my strengths and weaknesses. Well, um, you know what? I, I posted about this on social media. If you're not willing to like sacrifice five years of your life and you should not quit your job. I feel like you should just keep doing what you're doing because you're going to regret, regret a lot of things. Like, I feel like some people are not out, like are not built to do it, you know? Cause if I look back concerning, it kind of, 
I guess it depends on a person, what they want to do, you know, what their like end goal is. Cause if your end goal is just to be, you know, successful to show somebody that you want to do this, you're, you're not, you're not going to make, it. you need to kind of like what you're doing and, and just be way more, I guess, consistent about it. Cause there's a lot of things that you have to sacrifice in order to like succeed. And it's not just what people think like, Oh yeah, yeah. I'm just going to go start, you know, I'm going to go start a company or I'm going to become an ent- entrepreneur. Or I'm going to do this. It's, it's, it's a, it's difficult. A, yeah. a really, really difficult. Yeah. yeah. The the one thing um, that I could say is... also that's the positive, right? I mean, if you really are passionate about it and you love it, then you know, for me it's um obviously I love to build a business and build a successful one, but um when you're helping others and you're able to like see, you know, your pro your product or your offering is is doing a great job to build a business and team members and customers. That's what's that's what's super cool is when people are like, hey, I really like this. Like, for example, your customers, hey, you did great service. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. 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 And like, no, I mean, sure. to that, like I started a brokerage. Like, I quit the brokerage I used to work for. Like, I started a brokerage. And the only reason I, I want to do is because I wanted to make a lot of money. And then in the meantime, I was procrastinating on a lot of things. So I didn't actually like doing the work. I wasn't passionate about it. But I started making memes and like funny content. And then, you know, like if I hadn't quit my job and if I hadn't started a brokerage, I would have never started Freight Caviar. So, yeah. you know, sometimes uh, it, you, you go down a weird path and uh, I also had a end up, and then you end up where you want to want to be. So uh, I guess it's, it's if you take a risk and you're young and you don't have a family, like there's nothing really you're losing or risking. Um, so like if you're young and you want to do it, just do it and you'll learn from it. And if anything, you could always find a job look, working for someone else if, if you want to. Yeah, 100%. But yeah, so on that note, Ryan, thanks for so much for coming on the podcast. If anyone would like to learn more about TextLocate, what should they do? Just hit TextLocate.com or hey, if you want to, shoot me an email, Ryan at TextLocate.com or text me. We're easy to get a hold of. You'll find us out there. Hit me up. Follow us on LinkedIn as well. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you for coming on, Ryan. It was nice talking to you again. Thanks, Ryan.